What's up, everybody? This is Pastor Darren, and this is the Manhood Moment, episode 51. Today, we're going to talk about know who your friends are. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to invite you to check out our Substack at christendomchronicle.substack.com. Uh, there you can become a subscriber to our regular uh, essays and articles that we write, uh, both my wife and I, about Christian home and godly worldview and so on and so forth. Uh, so you can find out more about that at christendomchronicle.substack.com. Also, if you're listening to this on a podcast catcher of some kind, um, please do uh, write a review on that podcast catcher if you'd be willing to do that. That helps us out a lot. And then if the content is useful to you, please feel free to share it out there on your social media platforms as many places as you can. We certainly do appreciate it when you do that. So today's episode 51. This is a very important topic. It's important for men to know who their friends are. And here I'm talking specifically about other men. What I'm going to talk about in this episode is how you can know if another man is your friend. And I'm going to go through five or six different things that will help you to see whether or not another man is your friend. I'm focusing specifically on whether or not a man, whether or not other men are your friends in the context of this discussion, because a lot of my audience is made up of young men who are married. And I'll just say this by way of advice as I move on to the topic about manhood and friendship, which is this. If you're married, you should not have women friends that you have close intimate relationships with. And for some reason, that seems controversial. Maybe I'll do a, a whole episode on that. But the reason I'm focusing on knowing whether or not a men are your friends is because by the time you're married, your wife may have some friends that are women and you may be friends with their husbands or something like that. But you shouldn't be in the regular pattern of hanging out with women that aren't your wife. That is going to set you up for all sorts of temptation and failure and miscommunications and all kinds of problems. So just don't do it. But now we're talking about men. How do you know if another man's your friend? And this is important. Um, many a young man has made the mistake of assuming that certain older men are his friend just to come to find out that they were either using him for something or, you know, they are not the kind of uh, older man that actually has any friends or, and it's not just older men, it applies to younger men as well. So how does a man know if another man is his friend? I think there's a grid of things the scripture gives us to help us determine this sort of thing. The first one comes in Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse, uh, verse nine. Um, I love this verse because I think it does speak specifically to the way that men go about building friendships with one another. So Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, verse 10 says, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no help, or has no one to help them up. Okay, so the first thing, if you want to know whether or not you're actually friends with whoever, and it's a man, the way you know whether or not you have a good relationship with men is if they're willing to work alongside you. This is the way that men, it's the fundamental actual way that men tend to build friendships with one another. Men build community through doing things together. They go on mission trips together, or they go on fishing trips together, or they go on hikes together. Men don't tend to build community like sitting around in a classroom, you know, or, or something like that. They build community together pursuing a mission together. And here it says, 
Two are better than one because they have a better return on their labor. You know that a guy is your friend when he's willing to do hard work alongside of you. And he counts it as a blessing to have the opportunity to do hard work alongside of you. I remember I had a conversation with a pastor at one point. They were doing a work day at the church and they were going to be doing some work on some cars for widows. And all the men in the church didn't really want the pastor to come. And they didn't, they, they were not very responsive to him while he was there. And part of the reason was because he was perceived to be not a man. He was perceived to be, you know, kind of this soft-handed, you know, um, preacher kind of guy. And I could tell that his days at that church were numbered. It turned out that they were because the men in the church did not hold him in high esteem. But they had a great relationship with one another. And there they were working on the cars together and so forth. If men don't want you around when they're doing work, you probably don't have a very good relationship with those men. Okay, so here you see in Ecclesiastes, one of the ways that you're going to know if these, if you're, if you're, this other person is somebody that you can count as a friend. This other man is somebody you can count as a friend. One of the questions you can ask yourself is, can I labor alongside of him? Can we get in the trenches together and do work together side by side with one another? If the answer to that question is no, then as a man, you're probably going to have a hard time building a friendship with that other man. You need to be able to work alongside of him if you want to be able to have a good friendship with him. Now, verse 10 clues us in a little bit more. It says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. The other way that men tend to interact with one another is they help one another. This is one of the, the disconnects between men and women because women want to tell men about their problems, generally speaking, and men want to solve those problems because men are solvers. And this is one of the things that works out in the relationships between men is they help one another. Now, women help one another too, but that looks a little bit differently. But he says, if he falls down, one can help him up. You know whether or not another man is your friend if he's there when you fall down versus if he ghosts when you fall down. Um, now, you also know whether or not you're friends with another man, and this is very important. You also know whether or not you're friends with another man if he lets you help him when he falls down. And that's very important. And some of you men don't have really good relationships with any men in your life because you don't trust anybody enough to help let you let them help you up when you fall down. And that is part of masculine friendship. The way that you build godly relationships with your brothers in Christ is both by helping them when they fall down and by having them be there and letting them help you when you need help getting up. And this is something that men really struggle with in our culture, but it's part of, it's part of the way that men build tribes with one another. Now, the next way comes from Romans 12. So the next two I want to talk about are Romans 12, come from Romans 12, uh, verse 15. Romans 12, 15 just simply says this, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And this ties into what I was just talking about. You know whether or not a guy is your friend if he can just sit there with you when you're having a bad day and, you know, he can be with you in your suffering. That takes a friend. It takes a friend to be able to just be with you in your suffering. I got some friends that are like that. Good men. And they can just be there with you when you're struggling. They're not going to cry it out with you necessarily. And I don't even think that's what this verse is talking about. They may. 
but not necessarily. But they're going to be a man who is your friend is somebody who can be with you when you're suffering, when you're struggling. They can be in the room with you. They can be present with you. You don't have to say anything. They don't have to say anything. And y'all can just be there, right? And it also says rejoice with those who rejoice. So a guy is your friend. And this is, I want you to get this because this is very important. You can tell whether or not another man is your friend if you can tell him bad news and you can tell him good news. Now, he might, you know, he might crack a joke when you tell him bad news because that's the way men are. And he doesn't mean anything by it other than that's just the way that men tend to deal with stressful situations. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But he can be with you when you are weeping, when you're mourning. And then he can be with you when, you're, when you rejoice. You can tell him bad news. You can tell him good news. He can tell you bad news. He can tell you good news. That's the kind of relationship. That's what you want in your friendship with other men. Now, you might bust each other up. You might make light of it. You might make a joke about it. But you can say it. And that's how, one of the ways that you know if you have a good friendship with, with another man. Now, a couple of the verses I want to point to here in the book of Proverbs uh, which I think are great verses on this topic. One of them is Proverbs sixteen twenty eight. It says, a, a perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. I never really knew that there were men who were gossips. Uh, I mean, of course there are men who are gossips, but I've seen a lot of men that are gossips recently. Just weak, spineless, effeminate men. You don't want to be friends with that guy. And it starts here. He's perverse and he stirs up conflict. And what does that do? It separates friends. If there's a person that's telling you gossip, and the purpose of that gossip is to separate you, to peel you off from another person, that guy's not your friend. And if he's talking bad to other people about you when you're not around, he's also not your friend. And if he's talking bad to you about other people, you can just about bet that he's probably talking bad to other people about you, because that's the way gossips are. So if he's constantly, men who are constantly seeking to stir up strife and discord become gossips and they begin to behave very effeminately, don't make friends of those men. Call them to repent, love them enough to tell them the truth, but don't make friends of them. Also, Proverbs 17.9 says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Here, what the proverb is telling us, if we foster love, what this means is we cover over an offense. And there's a certain kind of offense this is talking about. It's not talking about somebody who's a murderer or a rapist, or, and you cover over that offense or you hide that offense. You hide some crime. It's not talking about that. This is talking about a person sins. It's not that type of sin I just described. They sin, and then they confess their sin, and they're repentant. And this says here, when you're a friend of that person, you love them and you cover over that offense. Because they've repented of it, you don't see a need to make it known to everybody. When your friend sins, I'm going a little long here, so I apologize. But when your friend sins, and this is especially true for men, if your friend sins as a man, and it's somebody that's truly your friend, you actually want to come up with every way you possibly can not to make that sin known to other people. So we know that Matthew 18 tells us that a time comes eventually where we have to publicly expose sin if people are unwilling to repent. But a man who loves his friend is going to try to do everything he possibly can 
not to get to that place where his sin has to be publicly exposed. So he's going to try to make a covering and provide a context in which repentance is possible and help lead his friend to repentance so that his sin can be covered over, right? And he's not going to do what we talked about in the last verse, 1628. This verse talks about that too. He's not going to go repeating the matter to other people to sort of gain audience to himself, right? A man who is a friend to another man will cover over that man's sin, whether it is confession and repentance. He will make a covering. He'll make a protection is the idea there. And he won't disclose that sin to anybody who doesn't need to know about it. So if a man is your friend, you can expect him to protect your privacy in as much as it is your in your own best interest for him to do that. So last thing, and I know I'm long on this episode. I knew this one was going to go long, but Proverbs 18:24, one who has reliable friends soon come, or one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend that sticks closer to a brother. Last thing I'll say is that if a man's going to be your friend, he's reliable. He's somebody you can depend on. That's the way men are. If you've built this kind of connection, in the context of work, in the context of being on a mission together. The context of you falling down and him lifting you up and him falling down and you lifting him up, he's going to stick closer than the brother. That's the kind of friend that you want. And most men, we don't have 15 friends like that. We have two or three friends that are like that. And men, that's okay. You can have a tribe of men that you're in quasi-close relationship with, but you're probably only going to have maybe at the most five guys that are in your inner circle of guys that you have this kind of relationship that I'm talking about. And you need to know who those guys are. And you need to be intentional about who those guys are. And you need to make sure that those guys are men that you actually can trust because you need that tribe. Know who your friends are. All right. God bless, brothers.